Welcome to the podcast with Face, Pat, and Tiz. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Partners, a show with three friends separated by distance, connected by brotherhood, having weekly conversations that you can join in on. As always, I am one third of the Partners, your boy Tiz, along with... It's your friendly neighborhood superhero, the Padawan here, along with... You know, it's facing a place you're trying to stay on pace with this race. That's all it is. How y'all been doing this week, brother? Good, good, good. Pacing yeah. it. Yeah, same here. Pretty good. Tired, but mm, yeah, as usual. you know, yeah. yeah, that's that's like becoming a perpetual just fact of life. Yeah. So at this point, it's just you know normal. <laughs> yeah, same, same thing today. Yeah, same. man, everything <laughs> copacetic though. How your week be? I can't complain at all. Went to work. I'm off tomorrow, so it is what it is. Off tomorrow is always a blessing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not off, but I uh did some old smart shit and I rearranged all of my shit to be at one time of the day. So I can mm-hmm. just boom, hit it, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bracing myself for this 30-day work week, which means 10 hours every three days. So people can't figure out how to do stuff that they bought. But Hey, I'm here now. There you <laughs> go. There you I'm go. Here now. Highlights okay. of the week. Channel with the bros. Yeah. So what we got first up on the agenda tonight, Brett? Um, so another reason why I've been having a good couple of days is that I finally got to see the Snyderverse Justice League. And let me tell you. <laughs> like all right or i'm already braced for it because i've seen endgame you know endgame is like three hours long mm-hmm. or whatever now i've seen the first justice league and well all right the first justice league movie that actually came out under josh whedon and mm-hmm. josh whedon came from the marvel cinematic universe because he did like some avengers movies mm-hmm. so that was the first problem. The first problem when you came, I'm going to talk about the first movie first, the first Justice League movie with under Josh Whedon. The mm-hmm. main reason why he took over is because Zack Snyder had a loss in his family with um, his daughter being suicide. So, of course, that is that is a reason why Josh Whedon uh, took over or whatever. But gotcha. that was... At the time, I didn't, you know, I don't I don't think they even brought that news out out of respect out of Zack Snyder. And they just it's like a point in time when they were just promoting the movie where the look and everything just started to look different or whatever. Like I was seeing like um like little leaks and visuals of what the villain Steppenwolf was supposed to look like. Uh-huh. And, they definitely and, look completely different. So I definitely see what you're saying there. In certain scenes or whatever. And then when the movie comes out, it's totally different than what I expected. I expected to see uh, a lot more villain characters than expected. And we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. All of that. And when you look into the movie, the movie, it has a whole 
different vibe of the previous movie, which was Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman had a more gloomier vibe. And it, well, I mean, well, it's not really gloomier, but it just well pretty like uh kind of like the uh, nights compared to uh yeah. Schumacher's version. It was just it wasn't yeah. lighthearted no more, it was just more based on reality. And that was the whole theme of like, well. That's been a whole theme of like DC Universe movies compared to Marvel. They were saying Marvel is a little bit more lighthearted, which is ironic because back in the day, the comic books from Marvel was a lot grittier than the happy-go-lucky of um, DC. Right. Whatever. So when I first saw the Joss Whedon movie or whatever, it just, like I said, it has a total different vibe. It's like they turned... Batman into Iron Man instead of the dark, gritty Bruce Wayne mourning over everything. We got like a just a well, it was still Bruce Wayne, but he mm-hmm. just had more jokes. Like everything was a little mm-hmm. bit more happy go lucky or whatever. And gotcha. The music and everything, the music was just totally, but it felt like it was a movie to sell action figures. I'm not mm. against action figures, of course, but. That's what it felt like. Like, gotcha. And now, like why it was a cash grab instead of an actual storyteller? It, exactly. It looked like they mm-hmm. were trying to make the Guardians of the Galaxy version, Avengers version of the Justice League or whatever, which would have been cool if all the other movies built up for that type of vibe. But all gotcha. the movies been given like a realistic, gritty vibe of what it would be like if these type of super beings lived on Earth pretty much right right oh what so when i watched snyderverse now mind you it's four hours long so i didn't watch it in its entirety what i did because they split it up in like different um parts of the movie or whatever so i treated it like um like binge watching a series i just watched the episode maybe two episodes whatever did what i had to do excited to see the conclusion you know what i'm saying Uh and it's a total different movie and it makes sense with what happened before with Batman versus Superman. It's a total different movie on its own, total different vibe. It, it brought serious new to the seriousness to the like uh, plot. It brought a lot of suspense to the to plot. Like with Josh Whedon's Justice League, you knew that, all right, sooner or later, the super the superheroes were going to win or whatever. When you watch mm-hmm. Snyderverse, you're like, I really don't know how to, how they're going to figure this out. And I've seen this before. Yeah, well, I at least seen some of the scenes. What Josh Whedon did, he took some of the scenes from, uh, it's still essentially the same movie because they took mm-hmm. some of the main scenes in there. But it like Snyderverse looks like, you know how you get a, a CD nowadays? You get the one of the CD and then later on they re-release it as the deluxe version. Mm-hmm. It's disrespect to even call this the deluxe version because it's a total different vibe, pretty much. Like gotcha. a lot of the one discrepancy that I did see um was that the difference on how they carried the background theme and story of it or whatever. Like um it's all right, spoil alerts, just in case I spoiled this pretty much. But mm-hmm. the ho- whole thing around it is just like with Avengers, they had the Infinity Stones and DC Universe, they have the mother boxes. Yeah. Pretty much. 
And the way they describe, the way they carry the the how the superheroes find out about what are, are the mother boxes is totally different in Josh Whedon than it is in Zack Snyder's. Yeah. Like in Josh Whedon's, it's like they look up, they find um, like ancient pages in a book, or they'll see like a hieroglyphic of something somewhere, or like. Um, Lex Luthor's notes or whatever, what he found about it. And I think this is another reason why Josh Whedon is under fire or whatever. And this, this Zack Snyder movie just proves it. Cyborg is the heart of the movie. He is the heart and story of the movie. How they figure out his powers is the reason how they figure out certain things and how things come to part, which because his powers is technically... From a mother box so it's like he inherently found out about everything because the mother gave him the information pretty much and then and now mind you this version was before josh whedon's version as far as when they filmed it so you can see why ray fisher is really pissed off at josh whedon because they totally cut his part of the movie which is the heart of the movie out mm. like and and josh whedon you just cut to the chase on how he was created whatever gotcha. uh, that moral backstory though kind of changes yeah. that's where the vibe change comes from like zach snyder you get basically you get to see josh whedon you didn't even see um cyborg's mom you saw cyborg's mom in in in, in snyderverse you see what happens like his father does more in this movie to carry the movie along pretty gotcha. much so like and it's it's just everything and they took certain parts like um i'm gonna be honest with you one of my i think my favorite part of the movie and it, usually every favorite my favorite part of the movie is always the big action scene is when wonder woman first come in and she's like blocking all them shots from the automatic to save mm-hmm. the kids and stuff like that With the gauntlets yeah that whole scene i'm like yo she is a beast. You know, you know what I'm saying? The way Snyder cut that compared to how Josh Whedon cut that, mm-hmm. it's way more action-packed. It's it's and it it made her even look even stronger than the Whedon version. Gotcha. Like, like Whedon version. So the individual like, characters could have been more had they just stuck with the Snyder verse from the beginning, the individual characters of the uh a DC's franchise would be more. Yep, they would have more intrigue, shining. and people would care more about them. I guess Every, everyone I is shining. You see, you know how, um, you know how people was like mad at Ben Affleck's version of uh Batman or whatever. Uh-uh. Right. You gotta realize, like, my only real mm-hmm. interaction with the DC verse or whatever is I've now like looked at major clips from the. Uh, the two new movies, because I knew you was gonna be kind of discussing this, but mm. it was really Aquaman and uh, Suicide Squad. Then was like the only two movies I had actually watched, and I liked those two movies, but it didn't really get into that much of the other characters. So I really mm-hmm. have don't didn't mm. have a lot of a big point of reference yeah, for those other characters other than Justice League. Yeah, but that makes Aqu- sense though. It's like if, Aquaman. Go ahead. No, I was like Aqu- <laughs> I was gonna say Aquaman, aka uh, White Black Panther. <laughs> humming, humming, humming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you about to say? What else you were going to say? 
Uh, I was just gonna say it's kind of like though if uh if you looked at um the Marvel franchise and if you if they didn't have that Iron Man and Captain America story flushed out, mm. there to end up them two as individuals you don't care as much about which by by almost de facto like you then don't care as much about the Avengers teaming up because they are the, mm. they are a major piece of why the Avengers yeah. team up and the dynamic of that whole team kind of flows through them. So like, I, I kind of, it makes sense what you said about the uh, cyborg thing. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Like this movie is basically what the 20 years of what Marvel was doing to build up Avengers and that whole storyline gotcha. put together. Like it is, is basically their version. Like I don't want to say their version because it is still a different storyline, but everyone shines in this movie or whatever and the main thing about it is like josh what i was going to say about ben affleck is like when you watch this movie um the people that was like really hating on ben affleck's version of batman because he was he was joking a lot or whatever batman's supposed to be serious they're going to be like okay i take all that back pretty much because like like I said, Josh Whedon version is a happy-go-lucky version of this movie, and it's a lot of unnecessary movies. It's amazing how a four-hour movie has no unnecessary scenes, and a two-hour movie has way more unnecessary scenes. Mm. Like that just doesn't build the movie. It just it's just a quick little joke or whatever like it's a scene in josh whedon's um justice league where it's this lady ranting on the news about Mm -hmm. aliens taking she's talking about the parademons or whatever aliens taking her husband or whatever and Mm -hmm. she's cussing it out and you don't see that scene at all in the snyderverse it's a lot of scenes in josh whedon's you just don't see in snyderverse except for the main scenes that you know they just picked from pretty much so and then it just it looks different it looks different the speaking of looks different Mm. you uh when you were watching it it, what was your impression of like as i seen the first steppenwolf or whatever from the original justice league movie what did you Mm. think about like the new way they did his armor and like his dynamic in this movie as opposed to the original i'm glad you brought that up because i was about to bring that up next actually um, I would like Snyderverse version better because okay. that was the one when I was talking about earlier, the one that I saw like scenes and leaks of what the Justice League movie was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That was the version that I was waiting for or whatever. Yeah. I like Josh, his uh, armor was like reacting to his emotions almost like you could tell kind of how he felt by the way yeah. his armor was, whether it was opened or closed or like, that was kind of dope. You know, villains is like my thing. Like, if you can't have a convincing villain, then the superhero movie just is going to be trash. Like, oh yeah, the at, villains, the villains make the hero. Yeah, like, yeah. like Dark Knight, the Joker was the main reason why that movie is like DC's top rated movie, with yes. the Snyderverse being right under it, pretty much. Iron Man three had that weak version of Mandarin. And that's why and it everybody, was horrible. yes, exactly. Yeah. So same thing with this, like Steppenwolf um, and Josh Whedon version, it just looked weak compared to this version. Plus mm. there's less scenes. 
Steppenwolf in this version is designed way more fearsome, way more convincing. I am more convinced that this person can take over a world compared mm-hmm. to the the Steppenwolf on the Whedon version that looked like a humanoid version with medieval armor compared to an alien, a demonic looking alien. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like he had more of a purpose. Like I don't feel like, really yeah. like I ever really understood. Like I know you're trying to take over the world, but why do you care about mm-hmm. this world? Like why is this so important to you? And this movie, Ex- I, I, it was like it filled in those blanks. Like oh, that's why he wants to do. Okay, I got you. Yeah, the, it gave, like, gave him a motivation. Like Snyderverse definitely fleshed out the reason exactly why he wanted it made more sense. Everything in the Snyderverse made everything else make more sense. And like the um, I don't know, man. Like if you look in Weedenverse, the first Justin Lee Steppenwolf, he looked like like young Joe Biden in the face or whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> but this Steppenwolf, <laughs> we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like, <laughs> like the parademons just parademons just giving out stimulus checks and stuff like that. <laughs> you oh, get a stimmy and you get a stimmy. This and then and then Steppenwolf in Snyderverse is you you see his motives and his motivations, and he's not even the big bad as he's like storytellers. That's yeah, he's not even the big bad. He is the yep, you're exactly right. He's the Loki, and I'm gonna bring in what version of the Thanos is is next, but like even though he's not even the big bad, he just makes his presence known, like like so that makes the big bad even look scarier because if this guy is scared of you, then who what are you? which brings in the big bad, which is dark side. Now, in most comic book universes, there's always a big bad. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody in the background making um, making the bigger decisions for, like, evil, pretty much. And a lot of Marvel or big publications like DC, they got multiple big bads, pretty much, whatever. Dark side is basically the main big bad for, for DC. And the way they captured... Our fearsome. He even he didn't even do much. It's just that his presence unknown. It was like Thanos when he first turned around and grinned at the camera, like, "Oh shit, this nigga for real." Now to get serious. (laughs) Oh shit, they better tool up. That one part when he lands on the Earth, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Now, so this brings up to my um, last little topic, and I'm gonna say this now, and I'm a Marvel head. I'm gonna tell you that first. I have a Marvel head first, or whatever. Um, I think if it was a Thanos versus Dark Side, I'm not thinking. I'm knowing. Just put this up here because I know it's gonna be a lot of nerds that's gonna be at me. Dark Side will whoop Thanos' ass. Are you talking about them from their movie universes or them from the total comics? Both, both, both. Like. If if you you talking about it, movie version, I I give movie Thanos a shot against movie Dark Side. I, 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 no, yeah. If that, he, if he that, got the gauntlet, if you're talking about Thanos with just the just his armor and that double sword, then I don't think so. But if he got the gauntlet, if you're talking about Thanos at the end of Endgame, I you know you know how Thanos you saw how snap, Thanos snap Dark Side ass out of existence. Get the fuck out of here. You saw Thanos. Out, um, 
<laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing about Dark Side. He's one of those things where he's kind of outside of those what they call MacGuffins or whatever. Like he's always going to be there. Like how I say, if and, you merge the movie universes and they both got their powers that they have in the movie universe, mm. if Thanos can snap away an Infinity Stone, he can snap away Dark Side ass. I mean, it all depends. I'm just saying. I'm looking at like all I've seen. <laughs> you should have aimed for the head. You you know when Thanos nigga <laughs> go pop him you, like a genie. You know what Thanos did to Hulk or whatever. <laughs> I I think I think Dark Side because Dark Side is older. Like Dark Side and Thanos is pretty much the Marvel version of of Dark Side. I I feel like mm-hmm. he's actually Dark designed S- off of him. Yeah, I feel like Darkseid is going to be smart enough to do something before he can even use those fingers. He, be- he better. Because what's that you nigga? Know what two fingers together, boy. That should be. Cause, um, I don't feel so good. In, in the DC universe, he's like, Darkseid is like the personification of evil. <laughs> and um, in Marvel universe, Thanos is just like the personification. He's like an avatar for death. Or whatever, and then you know, dark side is mm-hmm. like personification of evil, pretty much. So it's kind of like is if evil and death collide, who would win? Death, because death exists without evil. That's but that's true. a whole different conversation now outside the comics. But <laughs> yeah, at the same time, evil uses death. Yes, but death don't need evil. That's true. That's true, and that's ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna look at this afterwards and make some ideas for my book. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had. Um, Justice League Snyderverse is the good, and <laughs> Josh Whedon, uh, Justice League, the fuckery, pure adulterated, yeah, pure adulterated fuckery. All right, so that brings us to the good and the fuckery, y'all. Okay, my favorite part. Come on now. Right. This is the good and the fuckery for reality instead of the comic book verse. All right, some good. Boosie, badass, is cancer free. Hey, man. Fuck cancer. Okay, okay, okay. Fuck cancer. Boosie, badass, is cancer free. We're going to fly through these because it's a a lot going on. Fuck (laughs) cancer. It was a lot going on this week. All right, the fuckery. All right. This is some great fuckery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Derek Jackson fuckery has been exposed, and it is hilarious. Super like, Simp got that cake pulled. Oh my yes, god! It turns out, it turns out Russell Wilson is really future. It turns, <laughs> it turns out, oh, the cape has been amassed, and Eve's gotten so far as to bring his own wife out. Yeah, that was crazy. And I don't know. I felt uncomfortable about that the whole time. Because I, I would say she... She looked like she, a lady that was like in a cult. And they were making her like, we're going to take your kids if you don't come out and say this. Like, she didn't look comfortable. No, man. It's Not just, at all. But like, I mean, he had to do that. Because, <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it does look like some Jim Jones Kool-Aid stuff. It looked weird. The way she was holding his hand and everything, like, and I know, and we've talked about it, and um, she looked like somebody was like, hey, blink blink twice if you're in danger. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, this shit look weird as hell. That's why I wanted to like like one of them like, uh when ISIS kidnap people and be sending them videotapes back. Like she was mm-hmm. like, they're gonna behead oh, me if I don't say this. So please just do what they say. And then they behead them when they say like, it. It, it so. did not look comfortable, but I'm so glad that Super Silk got his cape yanked. I'm I'm like I'm like it. It would be one thing if she did most of the talking, but he did most of the talking the whole time. She just looked like a prop, like just looked like a background prop or whatever. Well, and what you say, uh-huh. face? I have no idea about the situation. At all. Do you know who Derek Jackson is? <laughs> Derek Derek Jackson is a guy. Um, they usually do these little videos or whatever. He's been doing it for a while that like ex- try to expose men to women and on the things that he do, talking about um, how they cheat, how they treat them, toxic. He's a black man that basically everything he talk about is pandering to black women. He says exactly. He he says that all men are horrible and you shouldn't take this and. Every every situation that he brings up, he finds a way to make it the man's fault, no matter what the situation is. Yes. And basically, he's been out here super simping for, I don't know, I've known about him for like two years, but I'm sure he's been out longer than that. Yeah, he's been out long. He calls himself like a life coach. Yeah, he's a relationship guru or whatever. Like, all right, you know Kevin Samuels, right, Face? Mm-hmm. Right? He is the complete mm-hmm. opposite. He is yeah. the anti- Anti-Kevin Sanders. If one is all one-sided one way, the other is all one-sided the other way. hmm Yep. So, and it's it's funny because I saw this video, right, where under, like, he on his Facebook put out the video with him and his wife or whatever, and then right under it, uh, a woman asked him, like, I need to hear how, long, how y'all got through um, him cheating and everything like that she made like some type of uh some type of message up there comment like that and right under it he puts out a book he puts out his new book about how they overcome cheating (laughs) and then in the comments under that was getting in like you you saw some of his you saw some of his their customers oh like i want to see some of them women's faces when all this came out or whatever, because there's a lot of women out there that's on these videos that's championing this man, like just off of the stuff he say. And like, remember when I was talking about cognitive dissonance or whatever, when you uh, you see some information that is fact and it's totally true, but it totally disagrees with what you've known everything to be pretty much whatever. I know there was a lot of, that tension going around pretty much but yeah this this has been hilarious the whole time man like his tight shirt's been getting tighter and he's been looking a lot nervous in all these videos pretty much because his whole little empire is based on his image or whatever and even and he has to keep his marriage together because now it's a business you know what i'm saying and i think she realized that that's the you that's the give thing. Give a lot about of marriage it. advice if you ain't married no more. Mm-hmm. It just looked real. What'd you say, Faye? She about to get half. Oh yeah, yeah. Half Eddie. Half. But at the same time, if she get half and it's alimony, but his whole gimmick is being 
the the loving husband. He's not a loving husband anymore. There goes the money. So like she's at a, you know what I'm saying? She's definitely at a point right now or whatever. Like, do I stay miserable with this guy, this untrusting guy and fake like the funk of me being in this religious religious relationship or or do I, you know what I'm saying? Do I leave tight shirt man for somebody else? Pretty much. But yeah, either way, either way, I love that we're in the age of exposing fuckery because this is great. <laughs> Anybody that's that one sided on anything, pull a cape, goddammit. Real, real Soon. intelligence has nuance. Mm-hmm. And invites disagreement, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a little gossipy, and I don't really like gossip, but there's a lot of little positives in it. But I also think it's funny. So I'm gonna fly through this little little page. All right. So it starts off, this fucker starts off with a news report that said Kanye is now the richest black man in America at mm-hmm. 6.6 billion net worth, which which is untrue. He's not the richest black man in America or whatever, but he is he's still in the league of rich billionaire black men, which we need more of that to balance things out. So I kind of feel like they kind of set up Kanye for the okie doke where they could have just said, hey, he's 6.6 billion net worth. And don't downplay his actual black excellence and achievements or whatever. And, and they put out this this fake line out there, like that he's uh, the richest man, the richest black man in America. So people will be like, "Hey, the richest black man in America, Kanye is wilding again," because it's not is no proof that he's actually said it. Like it's just proof that he's his assets go up to 6.6 billion or whatever and that's what came out in the forbes but yeah big ups to kanye because he's been in a dark place for a long time and hopefully this this achievement will get him in the right path which i feel like steadily he's getting there but um in the yeah, fuckery k picked the wrong time to leave him yeah in the fuck that's what i'm about to bring Kim K in that divorce time. But at the same time, I don't, we don't know what's going to happen in that divorce because he's 6.6 billion net worth. They got prenup. They're divorced. They oh, got prenup. Okay. Oh, okay. Never mind. They both All leave right. with, they both leave with them. They're what they got. I think they split in a couple of like house assets that they bought together. But for the most part, they both going to be rich as fuck afterwards. But he's just yeah, getting richer yeah. than her now. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh. All right. Okay. So yeah. All right. He good then. All right. Well, we're gonna just go through that or whatever. Anyway, um, Drake said he wants to date Kim K. <laughs> I'm not father. surprised. Kiki, do you love Dude. me? <laughs> he told y'all niggas. He told y'all what was up. He told mm-hmm. y'all exactly. He told y'all exactly what was up. And when Kanye yeah. got mad about it, that nigga said, <laughs> "What he said? We've been around. Oh, what the hell that nigga said? Uh, it's like a ghost town." And he had he made that uh that viral video it was like look these rappers out here talking about they're gonna bang my wife or whatever and this and the third or whatever like yeah Drake been saying what it was as soon as that as soon as that shit went up with him and uh Kanye and Pusher 
that shit went up. He he been telling y'all what was up. The petty, the petty. <laughs> I'd have had her, and I'm gonna have her again. Damn it, that's what he told the, y'all. He telling y'all. The petty <laughs> battles again is awesome. It's hilarious. They've been, brush, they've been brushing each other eyebrows for years. This is not it, no new shit. It's all started with that video, that first video that Kanye made that made no sense. And, and Drake just been bat- mad about that ever since. Pretty much. And then, they put that nigga secret baby out there. You knew this was coming. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's you true. You knew this was coming. <laughs> but in the midst of all that, midst of all that petty messiness or whatever, uh, Drake dropped Scary Hours 2 and all the three of those songs hit Billboard and he's the first artist to ever shits, do that. Them shits is pretty tough. That y'all, that y'all with him and, him and Lil Baby go hard and shit. That yeah, yeah. go hard. I like the what next. What next y'all? And I know it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of hip hop heads like what you doing, Tom? What you doing, Pat? Why are you why are you liking Drake and all that other stuff? But I like music, man. I like music. And if you and anybody has a disagreement Kiki, with that, you love me. <laughs> anybody got a disagreement with that? Please look at uh Tiz shorts that says old heads. Please look at that. It's a Tiz take. Hey, Amen. I agree. Put in a CD if you don't want to hear that shit, man. Exactly. That's what they're we're gonna, we're gonna, That's we're gonna what rock. We're gonna rock with these digital downloads, motherfuckers. But um, in the midst. In the midst of that or whatever, and all that celebration, Bow Wow's birthday, which was the ninth, which or whatever, uh, Drake bigs him up, bigs up uh, WWE uh, debut wrestling star Bow Wow for his birthday, saying that, hey, without you, it wouldn't be a me. And Soldier Boy got a whiff of that and was like, this dude stole my whole bar. He was like, Drake, <laughs> Bow Wow. Do he realize that without Bow Wow, it wouldn't be a hell? Won't nobody exactly. check for no kid rappers until Bow Wow came? Him and Romeo set the stage for all them niggas. They better pay homage. I will say, though, when I saw him on Shit. Breakfast Club, <laughs> when I saw him on Breakfast Club and he broke down which bars and what he did or whatever and how he played it, I was like, you no, know, Drake, he kinda, yo, Drake did he, steal this whole swag for a minute. He kind of got a point, but, you know. Yeah. That started from the bottom and uh, all that shit. I wear every single chain, even when I'm in the house. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I I felt like that was kind of like that's big Draco. That's big Draco. Shoot, Jay Z did it with Biggie. So, (laughs) yep. So, you made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to make a little dance to go along with it. (laughs) All right, so. Um, now into the serious fuckery or whatever. So, uh, sometime last week, Joe Biden issued a statement saying that he's against anti-union activity or whatever, talking about, um, big companies, um, doing things to, uh, present, um, like prevent like unions from forming or whatever. And it's, it was all brought up because of uh, this report that this Alabama Amazon was doing a lot of shifty things about this union. Because if you heard about people that worked at Amazon and I, my friend yeah. twin, he worked, he works at Amazon Eta, or whatever. Um, and then he says how crazy it is or whatever. Yeah. Like they, they got like, I've seen a report where they are like timing how long people use the bathroom and stuff like that and 
all that other stuff. Um, and it was even a, a report where they, the Amazon made it so that they can't unionize on the property, which I, you know, that's their property. I understand. All right. But so they'll, um, the union, they started like sh- giving out pamphlets and ask questions to people at this traffic light that basically is the traffic light before you go to the Amazon um, parking lot. And uh, this is in Alabama or whatever. The, um, so to counteract that, it's allegedly Amazon talked to um, Alabama officials to change the timing on the traffic light or whatever. So by the time that um, the unionizers actually try to talk to somebody, it done changed and they had to go, they go right into. <laughs> Give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. So that's, that's how crazy the whole union um, battle has been or whatever. Now, some people feel like that Biden saying that statement was just a PR move or whatever, because they also feel like if they f- if he was really for unions, he'll just raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars or whatever. And that would be the most pr- pro union thing anyway, because um, that's pretty much balance off what they are asking for also or whatever. I'm still looking into the whole matter myself or whatever, because that was just one or, or two occurrences that I've seen. But yeah, Biden made that um he made that statement, and I just wanted to see why he even made that statement in the first place, pretty much. Whatever. Like I said, I'm trying to keep up with whatever he does or whatever. Because a lot. Yeah, we've been traumatized by the last president. I, I, I got PTSD when it comes to the presidency, pretty much. That makes sense. He is definitely doing some weird stuff. And... um um my next the next thing is a little bit darker and i would like to say a rest in peace to all those people that was uh killed in the atlanta spa shootings or whatever is oh yeah rest in peace for sure rest yeah peace. robert aaron long the next uh domestic terrorist and a long line of domestic terrorist thugs that's out there or whatever he said he had some kind of sexual addiction. So he went on a rampage going to multiple Atlanta spas and shooting it up. Just um, like yep. any 21 year old dude or whatever. Dumbass police people. commissioner said he was just having a bad day. Exactly. Exactly. And it, and, and it was mostly no Asian shit. women. Mostly Asian women. Um, they would have shot a black man all up for that. Yeah. But you wouldn't have been the most probably. It was Absolutely. A, Captain Jay Baker who said that they was having a bad day. But they also, they pulled up some stuff on Captain Jay Baker when he said that and whatnot because they believe he's anti-Asian. Well, he's obviously a- anti-Asian because he saw like on a Facebook page or something that he was selling anti-Asian propaganda t-shirts. Well, yeah, that says yeah. it. So I don't know. Eh, he yeah, might not been the best person to like speak today, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, he's under fire. Uh, hopefully, he's going to get investigated further. But I haven't heard anything about that so far. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much 
all the main fuckery that has been going on uh, yeah, throughout. It's been some fuckery. Yeah, it's been a, quite a fuckery week last week. <laughs> stop Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. Yes, yeah, stop Asian hate. Definitely stop the Asian hate. Um, stop I'm hate. Is free. Um, yes, Lord. Um, I hope Drake gets some cakes. Um, Drake get some cakes. Um, that was a bar. Soldier boy needs assistance. He needs therapy. Mm-hmm. Man, have to do him. And whoever this Derek Jackson fellow is, ha ha, ha ha, now, um, this is the first part. We're going to move on to a new part in the show. It's um, a three-part segment. It's called Getting to Know Us. We'll be interviewing each other in our interview format. Um, if you've seen our previous episodes, where we had Uncle Curtis on for the stock information. We interviewed him, and tonight's going to be our first one, episode one. We're going to interview to you. Um, hey, that's me. So we're going to go ahead and start it. Um, so first of all, what's happening to you? What's good, man? How are you? <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you some questions about yourself and let it rip. Let that go. Shoot, let's see what happens. Oh, so, this is gonna be fun. Just tell us, just tell me, Pat, and the audience a little bit about yourself and who you are now. Uh let's see. I am a black man who was a black baby, uh born in born in Richmond, Virginia at MCV Hospital. Uh, raised in Petersburg, Virginia, my entire life from a couple of days old till I was pretty much an adult. Um, yeah, the, went to elementary school, uh, had a pretty cool upbringing, uh, was definitely under the poverty line like most people in, in my area, but um, I never really felt it because my uh, family name was kind of big in Petersburg. Like the elementary school I went to was the farm my grandmother grew up on and her father like sold the land to the school for them to even build a school. So about it, and she was big in the school system there and like almost everybody in Petersburg that I ever came in contact with, it was either a cousin of mine or they were like influenced by somebody in my family, whether it was an uncle or aunt, my mom, you know, my dad, anybody. So had a pretty cool upbringing. Um, was the first boy of my generation. So I was raised kind of uh, spoiled. Um, I definitely say the family kind of held me up as like a golden child. Um, uh, yeah, was a pretty smart guy in school. Uh, always had like super high test scores, won a lot of awards in elementary school and was really always pretty bit, much been a lifelong nerd. Um, I'd say changed a little bit. Uh, fourth through sixth grade, I lost my grand, my great grandfather, who was like the first big major impact of a male figure in my life. Um, and then a couple of years later, I lost my aunt who kind of like, was like one of the matriarchs of my father's side of the family. So them two were like super close to me. I would spend a lot of time with them growing up. So when they passed, I kind of was in a weird place. So I started like kind of rebelling around end of fifth grade, going into sixth grade. So I went from, still had a, still was a nerd in the closet. Like at home, I would still be really geeked out over reading encyclopedias and just weird random shit like that. But I'd say like socially, I had a lot of 
issues around that time where I started to get in trouble in school. I started to fight more. I started to like not want to do my work in school. Like I kind of felt like school was beneath me at that point because I knew a lot of times I'd be in the class and the teacher be talking. I'd be like, I know more than you. So it kind of was a weird, weird time. Um, started to get in trouble, like I said. So Mom Dukes moved moved us out to uh, the city of Ettrick, the village of Ettrick which was kind of a step up uh, compared to Third Ward Petersburg. Um, it was definitely a step up as far as like the neighborhood I was in. It was more of a middle-class neighborhood as opposed to, um, yeah, just bandos and crack dealing all the time. So it was like a cool change of scenery because it kind of got me back on track somewhat. Um, obviously that was where I met Face um, back in the seventh grade. Uh, and then pretty much the rest of my life, as far as like middle school through high school, was pretty much just a blur of just chasing girls, um, playing sports, having fun around the neighborhood, doing normal, normal guy shit, I guess. Uh, it was pretty regular. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that happened around that time, though, is I was, uh, how you say, I was molested by an a, a older lady. Um, and I think that that kind of pushed me into being kind of crazy about girls because it kind of like hypersexualized me. So it went from like girls were just cool and I liked them to like, oh, I want this one and this one and this one. So it started like a kind of spree of whatever, just jumping on any female that was around till I was like literally till I was an adult, like till I started like kind of like processing through some of that shit. But yeah, um, but other than chasing girls and you know, Sports and hanging out in the neighborhood with the fellas and, you know, wrestling after school and watching, you know, the normal TV shows. You know, I was a pretty normal kid. Uh, I'd say in high school, I started to kind of rebel harder, though. Like, it was like, I don't know, something just switched. And I was just like, yeah, this something don't feel right. Let me just explore who I really am. And I think because of that, I kind of got into a lot of dumb shit. Um Definitely increased the fights more, like, i say, like, maybe my junior year in high school, I started to get more into, like, looking for trouble as opposed to trouble finding me. Um, still had decent grades, had great SAT scores and shit, uh, so I was able to still get into college. Like, I didn't really suffer on the academic front as bad as a lot of people that kind of rebel. so that was a blessing. Um, decided to go to Hampton for college. Um, for one, they was it was like a school I it was like one of my top schools that I applied to. But for two, with face going to ODU, it was like, oh, I'm still close to my bro, so that would be dope. So ended up going to Hampton. Um, I said Hampton was probably where shit really took a major turn though. Like I just fully wild out. Like it was no pressure no more. Like I feel like it was a lot of pressure on me. Like I said, being the only boy in my generation was a little. It was cool because I got spoiled, but it was also like, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. Um, because of my like grades and stuff early on, a lot of people wanted me to like be a doctor and all of this. So it was like, I always felt like I was trying to please everybody else. And when I got to college and kind of got away from my family and shit, it was like, no, I'm going to just do what the hell I want to do. So I really didn't go to class, spent most of the year at Hampton uh, selling drugs because my mom didn't want to uh, send me no money. Um, so it was like, well, these meals at the calf cool, but, uh, 
they got these new Jordans coming out and I really like some of these throwback jerseys and these Jabot jeans are really nice. So I'm going to need a way to pay for them. So me and the little crew at Hampton kind of got together and we started hustling at what would end up being the street I lived on later on in life. Um, but yeah, got into that pretty heavy. Um, but that's all I did the whole freshman year. So it ended up getting me kicked out of school basically. Um, but because I was who I was back in Petersburg, I got a hookup. Uh, from who was what my was it was my preacher at the time. Uh, he also worked at Virginia State, so he got me like pretty much as soon as I got kicked out of Hampton. I got kicked out of Hampton at the end of the second semester, and then by the end of the summer, I was in Virginia State pretty easily. So didn't really appreciate the fact that I got kicked out. Like it, sh it should have been a moment where it was like, oh, snap out of it, go ahead and just focus and do something. But it wasn't. Um, yeah, I went to Virginia State and pretty much picked up where I left off. I went from hustling uh at uh, Hampton to now, I was back home with all of my friends from, from that I grew up with, and I was right there with my cousins, and everybody at Virginia State was pretty much people that I went to high school with or went to or went to middle and uh, elementary school with, so it was like I literally knew everybody, so it was like, oh, I was the man at Hampton, but I'm really the man here, all right, let's go work. So I pretty much just hustled and fought for two years. Uh, I stayed on academic probation. I would go to class just enough to kind of squeak by and let them keep me in there. But uh, pretty much I rolled that out for the first year and a half. Got into the gangs pretty hard at that point. It was just like, oh, well, this is what we gonna do then. And I pretty much settled at that point that I was just gonna be a drug dealer and a gangbanger, to be honest. It was just, oh, this is fun. I like this. No, no responsibility. I just do what I wanna do. Um, but yeah, first semester of my second year, got into some shit. Uh, didn't get caught with none heavy, thank God, but definitely caught a little charge that uh kind of spiraled out of control. It went from one charge that I beat to the next charge, and they let me off on probation. Uh, and then I did some more dumb shit that kind of had the, the peoples at my aunt's house. And once my, my aunts and like my family didn't really know what I was doing, like none of them had talked to me in like two, three years since I started in Hampton. So it was like, I was disconnected from everybody. I think the only person that even really knew any bit of what I was doing was Face. Like, that was like the only person I really like talked to. Like at, at that point, my mom would even have to call him to like see, well, have you heard from him? Is he okay? So um, yeah, uh, some shit got real. And I was like, okay. And I had just got out of jail on a little 30 day bid, little city jail time. And I realized at that point, you know what? I don't like jail. I ain't ready to take prison. And when my aunt uh, called my mom and told her that somebody had came knocking at her door looking for me, and I found that out, I was like, okay, let me get the hell away from here. So um, my mom had moved down to 757 area in New Panoos. And I was like, okay, well shit, face down there in Norfolk. I can go down here and at least I know somebody down here. I can, you know, get a fresh start. Don't nobody really know me outside of face down there, my mom. So I can kind of be away from every influence that was around me at the time. So I jumped on a bus and rolled down and moved down to the 757. And then from there, pretty much I was working and then got tired of working at Walmart and literally went over to ODU. And then next thing I know, I was at ODU for the next two, three years. And then uh, was still not doing much, but just kind of hustling here and there to make ends meet and still chasing after women every day and just going from girl to girl. And by this point, I got tired of doing that shit and that shit just got to a rut. And I was like, man, I gotta do something better than this. So 
face had graduated and I was still just kind of at ODU. And I was like, man, the hell with this, it's time to do something different. So I went backstage with my mom for a minute. Uh, me and one of, uh, <laughs> me and uh, if you've ever seen Storytime with Tiz, me and Foose moved <laughs> over to where my mom uh, was living and she was about to move out. So we was like, well, we'll just stay here when you move out and just take over. Got me a little job at the Waffle House. And uh, I'd say that's probably what changed my trajectory to finally get me to like settle down. Cause I met my, well, who's now my wife at Waffle House. And when we started dating, she was like, yeah, the shit you're doing, I'm not okay with this. Um, if you want to be with me, we're going to have to make some changes or you don't have to be with me. And I really pretty much fell in love with her after like our first date. So I was like, oh, hell no. Well, all right, well, let me figure some shit out. So over the next year, I'd say like, it was just spent with me like getting in trouble with her because <laughs> I was still like one foot in, one foot out. So I was still like, going to party every weekend. And then I'd have to call her and be like, okay, so remember where you was gonna pick me up? Pick me up around the corner from there because the police is over here looking for me tonight. Uh, so it was just like a weird little <laughs> just doing stupid shit. Um, and then finally I just got tired of that and I got serious and I got a job, a steady job and I kept it and I just started working. And then, yeah, in 08, moved to Atlanta because she got she had graduated from college and uh, she got a job down here. So I just moved down here with her and she's been normal ever since. From then, I've been just literally just working legit, working a legit job. Uh, got my little two year degree when I got here. Finally got my four year degree when I got here. Been working in the same career now since 2014. And yeah. Now just a married man and a dad, and that's about it, man. Just chilling. But yeah, that's kind of the story of Tiz, I guess, or how I got from there to here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that full scope, full range. So, and that whole story, what is this do you think helped shape you into who you are today? Oh man, I say it's maybe three to five. Let me see. I know the first thing that really shaped me as a as a person was probably uh growing up under my grandmother and my great grandfather. Like they were on two, one was on my mom's side, one was on my dad's side, but they were probably like the two strongest influences on my, like the way I see the world. Like uh, my grandmother was a, was a teacher. So she like really just pushed education. So I feel like that's the reason why I have a love and knowledge to this day. And why like, I've always been into nerd shit and just want to soak up information from anywhere just cause she kind of set me on that path. Um, also I kind of got my self-confidence and the, like the thought that I am the prize of the world. I'm not looking at nobody else for validation. Like I'm the person that validates. Um, I kind of got that from her cause being the only boy and her only grandson, you know what I mean? She just looked at me like you the little King, you're going to be that guy. So from a young age, I just kind of had this little confidence about myself. Like, yeah, I, I'm the man. Um, so I think I get that from her, um, from my grandfather, like everything I know about being a man started with him. Like he, he was, a he had been married for like 40 years and was like always faithful and always had a job, always was working. He knew how to do shit with his hands. Like he was a real man's man that just handled shit the way I respected. Like he loved on my great grandmother. Like when it was cool, cause he was like maybe 70, 80 when I was born. So like, he was already old as hell, but to just see the way he loved on his woman, even at that age, it was like, 
out of all the chaos in my life growing up under my mom, my dad won't ever there. Like he was there physically. I knew who he was, but he would literally like ignore me and walk past me and wouldn't even say nothing and just go lock himself in the room and drink. So for me, like having all of this weird chaos and watching my mom kind of struggle through some of her relationships, like it wasn't no steady guy, but he was always just steady and everything. So like, that was probably the first thing that shaped me like zero to eight. That was probably the two influences or the things that pushed me and made me kind of molded me. And then I would say uh, the next big thing that kind of influenced me would be probably moving to Ettrick. Um, It showed me for the first time, like people that had like stable households and they didn't like it wasn't always everybody trying to be gangster or, or selling drugs. It was, it was like, it was like my first sense of like, there's a different side of life that I hadn't seen yet. Oh, I could be like, I don't have to be one thing. I can be like this and this is possible too. So it was cool to see like other people that look like me that had that stability. So I was able to kind of soak up that and, and kind of start shifting a little bit as far as like not going too crazy as probably as probably I would have if I stayed in Petersburg. So that really shaped me. Um, I think the next big thing was probably going to jail. Um, like because until then, like everything was all funny games. Everything was working. I didn't have no issues. There was no there was no deterrent to like the dumb shit I was doing. It was like I was always getting out of it. I was always beating the case. I was always weaseling out and not getting caught here or like I was always kind of escaping real consequence. So I think that like that kind of like set me down and like showed me, all right, this is the, this is the light consequence of this. The next step, you gonna either get killed, kill somebody, or you gonna be in a fed a federal prison. And that shit, it ain't not what you want. Cause you don't like jail. This shit is confining to you. So you definitely don't want this. So I think that was the first thing that like really set me down. I was like, yo, I gotta do something like this. Okay, but this ain't it. Like, I got to start thinking a little bit about my future now. You know what I mean? Before then, I figured I'd be dead. Um, And then around that same time, the next thing that probably influenced me the most was like, uh, my cousin Jacoby died. That that shit shook me to the core. Like, I still get night terrors about that shit to this day. And I think that was another piece of like, yo, if you hadn't have been wild and you might have been with him and you might have saved him that night. If you had been thinking clearly instead of doing the dumb shit you was doing, you he would have been more of a priority because he was like my little cousin. And until then, like I always would like protected him and like people would mess with him. I'd take the fight on. Like, so like I think that really stuck with me for a long time and made me feel like it was my fault. So I think because of that, that was another thing that kind of made me be more accountable to the people around me as opposed to just thinking about myself. So it kind of took me out of that selfish vibe and started making me realize like, no, nah, you got to kind of pay attention to how what you do is going to impact the people around you. So, yeah. And then I say the, the last thing was meeting my wife. Cause before that, like I've been, I'd always gotten girls easy. Like face to tell you, like, I don't even think we hollered at a girl for like a good three year run. We'd just be somewhere and just kind of sit in the right spot and girls would just come up to us and we go from there. So like, I'd always felt, I, I didn't have any woman to hold me accountable. Like I had been engaged twice before I met my wife and all that, but like, she was the first female in my life, first woman that like, didn't just let me run over her or do what I wanted to do and get away with it. She was like, no, nah, you're gonna be held accountable. Yeah, like she was the first one that was like, look, 
I'm not going to accept this. You can do what you want to do, but I'm not going to accept this. So she was the first one to like made me put a standard on myself to be with her. So like it kind of shifted my way of thinking. Um, and it came at that pivotal moment where like I was either going to get shit completely straight or I was just going to backslide and spiral. So I think that like her coming in that right moment kind of was that final piece that I needed after all those other pieces to kind of say, you know what, this is who you really want to be. So just go be that instead of doing anything else. So yeah, those are probably the most pivotal moments so far. Okay. Do you feel like you have any regrets from your past? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I'd be lying if I said then I, I feel like I've cut like through therapy and shit, I've come to the point where I can like accept those regrets and realize there's nothing I could do about it. Like it is what it is. I just got to do what I got to do going forward. But I definitely have them. Um, I regret not being with Jacoby the night he passed. I regret um, not focusing more on high school and not taking it serious. So I feel like that would have set me up for a quicker foundation to get to where I'm at now and made my adult years a lot easier. Um, I regret wasting the opportunities I had uh, going to school. Like I went to uh, Hampton pretty much, yeah, pretty much on a grant. So like I could have pretty much graduated with a lot less debt and all that shit that I'm digging myself out of now. If I hadn't, uh, if I hadn't pissed that away. And then when I got my second chance to go to VSU, like if I had a focus then, I feel like that also would have set me up. So I got regrets. Hell yeah. Um, I got a regret as far as some of the choices I made with female, with ladies, um, especially in my youth. Like I feel like I'm okay. But I feel like I kind of messed them up. Excuse me, I got to plug this in for my computer there. But yeah, uh, I feel like the wake of pain that I've left well, women who actually probably really cared about me, like I, I did some damage. I know I've done some damage to them and I feel regret over that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I regret some of the violent things that I've done in my past that I never got caught for, but I know about and that haunt me to this day. So yeah, I definitely got some regrets. Hell yeah. I mean, most of those are natural that comes with growth. I mean, most men that they find growth when they look back on their um their adolescence or their young adults, young men, they made bad decisions or bad choices that at those times they yeah. thought may have been just in the moment of wanting to do this because they was hanging with them at a at an older age when you look at it with more maturity and you and more wisdom. You, you most likely have regrets on those, so uh, all that definitely understand. Definitely understand. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the best decision you made in theory so far in your life? I feel like definitely choosing the career I was in. I'm in now. Um, it's it's like fulfilled more of my purpose and kind of gave me that purpose that I was looking for in my life. Um, having my son because he care he can carry my last name, and without him, my last name would die after I died. So like the fact that I was able to be blessed enough to have a son, I feel like that was really a big decision to have a child. Um, and then marrying my wife, like I feel like that completed that vision that my grandfather set when I was younger. And I feel like I've now lived up to that model and that example that he set for me. Um, I feel like without those things, like I feel like those are like the three main things that like give me purpose on a day-to-day basis. And without that, I probably would still be aimlessly out here fucking up in the world. So yeah, definitely okay. those three. Kind of like some good choice. Um, so 
Most people ask where you see yourself in five years. I'm going to double that. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And who do you see there with you? 10 years, okay. In 10 years, I hope to be still doing this. Um, I hope to have made enough money where I can, from this, where it has become my new career. Um, I hope to have done well enough to retire from my current career. Um, I see myself in a new house with this house being a, a rental property or some type of a residual income uh, property. I see myself teaching my son to drive. Um, I see myself, yeah, still being a family man, still doing this, but instead of my current career being my main thing, I, I hopefully have gotten to the point by then where this is my new thing where us having our podcast is like my main career and that's what I do for a living. Um, and who I see with me, uh, the same people that's with me now, uh, my wife, my son, my, my mother, God willing, um, the buddies, you know, like, yeah, like I, I, I don't, I don't got too much change up in that. Like I, I feel like I got a real good foundation of like family and a one day ones that like, if I'm, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, that's who should be there with me. If that makes sense. Like, so yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you know, still rocking with the partners. <laughs> just a little bit, you know, just a little bit better off financially. All right, that's an off the cuff question. That might be a little strange, but I'm a little stranger of an interview. When you're not, when you're no longer here, what do you want your message to people and your loved ones to be? Uh, my message to my loved ones. Uh. I loved y'all. I hope that I showed real loyalty and dedication. I hope that if I was ever needed by y'all, I was there. And I hope that I've done something in my relationship with y'all that I've enhanced more than I've taken away. And other than that, I'm a regular, I was a regular guy. Cool. Cool, bang. So I'm straight from the heart. Straight from the heart to the heart. Okay. Now back on pace. What do you feel have been your personal downfalls versus downfalls you face from outside sources? Hmm. I feel like I, I feel like all of my downfalls have been mine except for two. I feel like my father not being a dad and ignoring me the way he did. Like, like he used to like I used, I stayed with my grandmother for a good two year stretch where I just lived with her. And he lived with her too. And literally he would walk right past me and I'd be like, hey daddy. And he just keep walking. Uh, so just like seeing that neglect and just that almost like uh, not even acknowledging my existence from him. I think that that had a definitely weird impact on like how I developed as a man and how I saw the world even. Like it kind of gave me trust issues, especially as a young age. It kind of made me to the point where I like, I've always been independent, but for a long time, I didn't even know how to allow other people to help me. It was just like, I got it, I got it, I got it, because I didn't feel like I had somebody to have my back. So I think that definitely kind of affected things. But even in that, looking back on stuff, man, I look at it like it was ways I could have still thrived. It was ways I could have still got around all the downfalls I had. I feel like all of them was just dumb decisions I made or like a lack of making a decision in some instances where like, if I had just made a decision, I would have been good. But the fact I just sat in it, I allowed shit to fester for longer than it should have. I allowed traumas to build up, 
with not getting the help I needed. When I did get help provided, um, I made choices to be shut off to where I would push it away. So it was like, I, I put myself in every fucked up situation. So I, yeah, I say, but yeah, my dad and, you know what I'm saying? Getting molested, I'd say those two things, like I ain't have no real control. You know, you can't control getting raped. You can't control getting neglected. You can't make somebody else do something or not do something. So I feel like those were two things that impacted me, but my choices after those particular instances, like I say 98% of my shit is me, me. Yeah. So final question of the interview is that at the end of the day, if you hold the mirror up to your face and you look back in it, who do you see? Hmm. I see a black king that is able to fully be himself in all the facets that that entails. Um, I see a, a, a black man that is very comfortable in his own skin and is, is really content with who he is as a person. Um, I see a great dad, a great husband. I see a great friend. I see a, I see a person that strives to do the right thing. Um, and I see a bad motherfucker that you don't want to see with them hands or them pistols. Like, yeah, all of that, all of that together. <clears throat> I see an intelligent brother. Like I see, yeah, all of that shit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, this has been volume one, episode one. Oh, oh man. Hey. It's the best. I made it through the hot seat, y'all. Made it through the hot seat. Oh, yeah. Now, we'll next segment of the show. Um, top five. Hey! This week, this week, the top five is going to be on things, everyday things that we take for granted. You know, we as humans go day to day, and we really don't appreciate as much as we do everything that we have. Um, That's true. And the things we take for granted, and until they're gone, we don't realize how precious they were. So this is a this is a random top five I had on my mind as the week went by from last week. So first thing is our five senses, you know? You don't appreciate your sight until you go blind. That's real. Nobody, nobody appreciated their taste until they got COVID. They couldn't taste anything. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's nothing like weird feeling. It's nothing like your favorite song. But if you can't hear, you can't hear your favorite song. Yeah, it's shit like you don't think about until you don't have it. Yeah, hell yeah. It's nothing like the touch of a loved one, the touch of something. It's nothing like that. But if you don't have that sense of touch no more, it's just everything's bland. It's just, Feeling like everything else. Oh man! It's like when you get up and you and you forget that you what it feel like to take a step after you done sat down for a while or some or your leg fall asleep or something. You go mm-hmm. and get up like, oh no, oh I need that. Mm-hmm. Am I on the floor? Where, which way is my foot turned? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can never smell your partner's perfume. You can never smell that sweet smell of anything. Like, do you really appreciate your sense of smell? <laughs> like, think about it. That's probably the one I, I, I don't think about the most. Remember, like, you smell that favorite, your favorite food because, like, damn, that can get to your other taste, your other senses. Remember, like, ooh, the smell mm-hmm. of bacon in the morning. That mm-hmm. smell of that goodness. You remember, like, you gotta, you gotta take, be appreciative of these five senses because at any time, something right, the smell gone. of good weed. <laughs> 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 I know I paid good to, for this. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a large population of people in America that don't take this for granted, but everybody else in the world really does. Freedom. 
something we wake up and appreciate every day, but we really don't appreciate it because we wake up going about our business. And it's not until it's taken away from us because of a dumb decision that we appreciate. Damn. Oh, yeah. I wish I had the freedom to go do this when I want to do it. It's not until that freedom is taken away. To me, as a child, you don't have that freedom. But as an adult, when you get out on your own, you have that freedom to do as you wish. Boy, you lose that freedom. It will change your life. It instantly changes. Instantly changes. And if it don't, something wrong. And those people who do not appreciate their freedom and are not locked up, don't make no dumb decisions. Because you definitely will appreciate it soon to come. You know what's a blessing? A blessing is when you didn't know you have a freedom and then you realize you have a freedom. I can't mm-hmm. off the hand give you an example, but I know in my life I've experienced that, like little small things or whatever. Okay, I can That's real. That's like you you being able to go into a different state and not know marijuana is legal there. Mm-hmm. And you sneak in the smoke and the cop rolls up on you, you all paranoid. Like, what you all paranoid for? You know, marijuana is legal here. I had that freedom. What? Oh, that's how it is in Virginia. I'm still like that. <laughs> I'm still doing my my behavioral methods. That's just how I'm still. You've been accustomed to not having that freedom. Yeah, yeah, man. And I'm just now. I'm seeing more and more people like looking at me and stuff because I have dreads. Like hey, your cannabis institutionalized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now my third thing is we. Now, more people are starting to appreciate this now that we've been in a time of wearing the mask. But fresh air. Oh, my God. To take a deep breath. That's funny. Just take a, take, take a deep breath. Just you this morning, I took a big... Damn, fresh air. I, I didn't know why. That's crazy, yo. My 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 brain must have been in sync with yours this morning. That's crazy. <laughs> fresh air. People don't appreciate that. You got to... Oh, when you come... When you come from the gym and that musty tail gym or whatever, and you and you leave the gym and you get that fresh whiff of yeah, I've been around right, funky yeah. people all day. Oh my god, <laughs> what kind of <laughs> what kind of air is this? Is this Fiji air? What is this? This is some designer air. Designer. Parquet. <laughs> <laughs> my air got a Nike check. <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> got some Gucci air. Got that Ferragamo air out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now my fourth thing this week is something I try to appreciate as much as possible. But being a family man with kids, multiple kids, I really be, I, I don't have the time to. So when I get it, I appreciate it. It's peace and a long time. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate the hell out of that. Oh, hallelujah. Like, oh, yeah. Everybody else in your life, you, you got to really appreciate when you can take that few moments to yourself is appreciated, please do. Because it's very rare. And, and if you don't appreciate when you get it, what the hell do you need it for? Go back to doing something. Alone time is... Smelled I, was gonna say, I was going to say alone time is vital as a Capricorn. That's just... Oh, fuck that's you. therapy. That's therapy. That's when you recharge. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of people don't understand that. And for introverts. because, Like you said, you got to recharge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't understand that. They don't understand it. I'm trying to explain people that. Extroverts yeah, don't understand that. Introverts can be like, oh, yes, yes, brother. Oh, have you? I, I know this is off subject, but have you, as an introvert, feel like you have to jump into your extrovert suit 
so you can protect yourself from the other extroverts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not not necessarily yeah. saying that like um like you're you're changing yourself or whatever, but more like all right, this this dude acting extra, I gotta put up my extra suit to block off his extraness, pretty much. Kind of like uh because nope. I'll let that shit be extra right over there and kept my ass on over here in this corner and do whatever the hell I wanted to do anyway. Like I you gotta remember who you talking to. We'd be walking, we'd be walking toward the students, and I'd just be like, hey y'all, I'll be <laughs> back in a while and just walk off. Like, like I, I'm one of them. So like I don't feel <laughs> imposed by shit around me. The world is the <laughs> world is there, but I be in my own little tears bubble all day. So that shit don't be whatever you want to be. I, if I don't I'm like more, it, I'll just walk the hell off. <laughs> like, I'm, it gets I'm, me in trouble a lot with other extroverts because they be like, I'm standoffish or like mm-hmm. not a part of the group per se. But like for me, I I mean, I mean the that's people how who I love am. me, they they like me, so they they do the same shit. That we all we all are good. So. That's that's how I am. <laughs> that's how I am naturally. But I'm more like you know how um, someone get ignorant, so you got to shoot just a. T- Tad bit of ignorance, so they'll know that. All right, oh, that ain't shit to do with my introvertness. I just yeah. don't take no bullshit. Like we ain't about to do a whole lot of the nonsensory and shit. Like ain't no ain't gonna be too much fuckery around me. Like hey, mm, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I'm with I'm with all the goofy shit. I'm with all the goofy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm with all the goofy shit. I like it the goofy shit. So uh, I I ain't got oh, no kinds with of- that. that ain't got to do with introvert. That's just because I'm. I'm nuts and I just like that type of shit. Like I'm just, the the Petersburg in me likes that ratchet shit. Like I, I don't have to do it and I try not to, but when those moments arise, I thrive. Yes, oh, we, oh, okay, yeah, we in my element, yeah. Oh, you thought so you was with somebody else. Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna invite the goofy shit. Please, more of that. Yes, let's do this shit. Where's Chewy to say set? Right up my alley, I'm with all that shit, yeah. I'm with the brouhaha says, in the melee. I'm with all the brouhaha in the melee. I can hear Chewie yeah. saying, set it tears right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, my last thing on the face, top five of things, everyday things we take for granted, is love. It's not until love is not there that we appreciate it. It's not until love is taken away or love is absent from us. That's that a big fact. Those who have never experienced it would never miss it. But once you experience it and it's taken away from you, you then appreciate it. But once you experience it and are in the knowing of it, you don't truly appreciate it for all it's worth. That's so right. For those of you who say you love someone who are in love with people, revel in the moment. That's real. And that's that, that's a word. Real. That's a whole word right there. That is a whole word. Yeah. That that hit that hit hard. That hit hard and it caught its own. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. You know. Right from the Well, speaking of love, something I love talking about every week, and that just brings me on repeated joy week to week, day to day. I just have so much fun and entertainment from this subject. We might well go ahead straight from love to some bullshit. Here go the tears weekly with my update. And Most at the fuckers. end of this, I have a new tears take of the week. So in the Uma update this week. Uh, the week started off with uh, this guy, Smoke God, the Book of Negroes that I've told y'all about before. He had a yes. video. Of, awesome. uh, he did a live. Yes, it is. He did. <laughs> I'm telling you, him him and Face would be like spirit animals because the way this dude be chiefing and the way Face be chiefing, like they would be like 
Oh, Bud Brothers. <laughs> like the powers <laughs> of the blunts combined. Like <laughs> we yeah. formed Captain Marijuana. Yes. Yes. But this dude took a trip to FDMG Academy himself mm. and toured the outside of the school and the school grounds. He showed a whole so Umar shows pieces of the building that he wants people to see, and those are fucked up as it is. But there's an outside area on, around one of the buildings that looks like shit. When I say it's vines, you know, them kudzu vines that grow into everything, mm-hmm. growing up the side of the building so bad, they are like going into the, you know how they can get into like cracks in the, in the concrete and shit. They're growing mm-hmm. into the roof. Mm-hmm. So it's Mar- Super Mario vines you yes. go into the sky with, yeah. Yes. They are... <laughs> He got trash everywhere on the outside of the school. There's even this one area that got like random tires piled up and a shopping cart and a random book bag looking like Dora and Diego camping out back there or something. But it's just a backpack that like it's just random shit, beer cans everywhere. Like bandos in the bag. The, the, <laughs> the shit that's depressing is, and this the shit that I really took away from this video. Smoke God video was 18 minutes of him being there. In 18 minutes, Smoke God picked up some trash out there. He's literally done more work at that school in that 18 minutes than I've seen Umar actually do with his hands in the past two years since he since he announced he had purchased the building. So like, it was just like a shocking reminder of like, this dude really ain't done shit. And mind you, Smoke God said he done been to that school in person at least 11 times. He said almost every time he's went up there, there was this one beer can that was always there, which means Umar has been up to that building all them times to shoot all them videos. And not once has he even taken the time to just pick up that piece of trash. So like he's literally done nothing. When he be out there saying, we working, we working. He's not doing shit. I don't know who he talking about we is, but he ain't working on shit. Um, then the next thing that dropped this week, was there, if you remember, I told you that somebody named August Archibald had filed a lawsuit or a complaint, a federal complaint against Umar. Well, the Third Amendment got filed. I mean, if you remember, I told you, about, I think it was back in January when the paperwork dropped and we read it here on, on our show, um, that a th- the judge had came out and said that because of the way the information was positioned in there, the person needed to amend this and either add in new defendants or reword it so that it focuses strictly on Umar. So I thought the Third Amendment, when it dropped, was going to be the person, this Archibald person, like, saying, okay, well, I'm going to just focus on Umar. Oh, no! Remember I told you they mentioned uh, Shakim Ra and Poetic Flacco? The name's name. They're now official defendants along with Umar Johnson. Mm. And in the paperwork, it now implicates a whole group of people known as the good guys who is Shakim Ra, Poetic Flacco, and like some other Umar supporters and people that's just kind of, I don't know whether they support Umar or not, but they troll and dox and put out information about other people who are going against Umar. So whatever, their crew, the good guys, is now implicated in this lawsuit, which could have some, for one, that means that the judge's order has been met. So now the next phase of this is when it starts to get litigated. So there's going to be some shit coming down in the next six months around this lawsuit. But also, it's now opened up the scope of the lawsuit to all of the people that I was telling you about that was doxing people online and putting out their personal information illegally and all that shit. Like, 
now all of this whole group is implicated. So that means all of them may have to testify and uh, get their all of their records online and all their videos they done posted and taken, subpoenaed and all of that. So shit about to get real in the whole Umar sector. So it's going to be some funny shit happening over the next, I'd say month to six months as this kind of gets rolling in the actual court. So, and it is a real document because it's on Pacer again, which is like, these are all the actual court documents, not like somewhere you could just post it online. Like you have to have to go in and put in case numbers and all that shit. And there's a real judge that's assigned to the case. So this is a real lawsuit. Mm. So we're going to see what's about to happen with that. Mm. Now, all right on time. Whenever I think Umar going to go quiet for the week. So the, Umar had been quiet this week. So I was like, well, maybe because the lawsuit just dropped. Maybe Umar, like, I'm going to be quiet. Oh, no. This Negro went on IG Live, my favorite. <coughs> and this Negro got on there and said he's going to, first of all, he's starting a book club. The book club will be half male and half female. And you have to take a quiz every meeting. And if you fail two quizzes, you get kicked out of the book club. Now, the funny part about this book club is not only will you get kicked out of the book club if you fail two quizzes, you're a grown-ass person, but if you fail these two quizzes because you just bad at test taking or you don't forgot a chapter of the book, you're going to get kicked out of this book club. But the funny part is, he said it's happening next month, but with no date. He gave a location where it's going to happen, but has no information on how you actually sign up other than to text him. And if you've ever donated to Umar or you've ever been somebody that don't lick his ass, you know that when you text him, you ain't going to get no response. So it's going to be a bunch of people signing up for an imaginary book club, just like his imaginary online classes he was going to do for the fourth graders and his imaginary aviation class and his imaginary paintball tournament and his imaginary aviation. camping trip. Oh, yeah. He says FDMG at his school. He's going to be having aviation midwifery classes. I don't know what the hell midwifery is. I think he meant midwifery, but I don't know. Maybe he's talking about like the middle of a wiffle ball game. I don't know. But this <laughs> is the type of up. shit he just spews out and says he's going to do, and then you never see it. So we can add that to the list of over 200 and something different promises that he's made that have yet to come to fruition. And this is all from the, just the past like two and a half years. This don't go all the way back. So we'll see what that happens with the book club. He then immediately got into talking about Derek Jackson. So he must have seen your good and fuckery on the docket and was like, oh, I know what I'll talk about this week. So apparently because of Derek Jackson's infidelity. Right. He, he, he's in sync, but he's he, he been spying. He know. He know. Uh, but apparently because of Derek Jackson getting <laughs> caught in his infidelity scandal, I guess it's some feminist group out there that's like, trying to go after all black life coach, male life coaches and said that they're like behind the scenes using their influence to take advantage of women and to get booted and to get their cookies crush on behind the scenes but by using their platform as their way in. And apparently somebody, I'm pretty sure nobody said this to Umar at all. I'm pretty sure he just wants to insert himself into the narrative that's the most current right now so he can get his little name going. But he said somebody- Right. He, 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 you know, he good to ride a wave. So he said that somebody contacted him and said that they were going to come after him. So he went on this long rant talking about how he has never used his platform to have, have sex with any woman. And he dares any woman Lies. to come forward and say that he helped their babies and he's helped thousands of young boys. 
no stats to prove this. This cannot be proven whatsoever. But he says, you know, he has six degrees. And then he said, this was the weirdest part of this little rat. He said, I got six degrees and all three of my degrees are from high level universities. So I got confused right there because you said you got six, but all three. So all three means that all the totality of your do with that what you will. But maybe he said he, he did got go ahead. Finish three. Maybe he didn't finish three, or maybe he combined two of them together to make super degree. Or um, yeah, I don't know. Uma, I think I think Uma got ghost face mentality. You know, damn right we fuck fans. Uh, that's what yeah. I heard in these streets. But this yeah, was, continue. This is what made me laugh. <laughs> what? what you said, Face? You on mute or something? Face, you on mute. So maybe it's this. Maybe he had three degrees from three schools, and the other three he just created on a Word document. So that's how he had six. Now that's feasible. Now that would fit with the narrative that's out there about him that like he's made up some uh, degrees. Because in my whole history of academia, I've never heard, and I know some PhDs and I know some people with MDs and masters and all of these degrees and not one time have I ever heard them take two of their degrees and put them together. So I don't know how he's doing his math, but with these degrees combined, People out there, if he can't keep, if he can't do math with three and six, how y'all gonna expect this man to lead a school? Somebody, you can't teach somebody shit you don't know. (laughs) I've never heard of no shit like this in my life. But yeah, anyway, degree. Yes, he got six, but all three of them come from top universities. So, and he said because of that, he got big time people in corporate and and entities looking at him at all times. So he's always been heavily scrutinized and he's well-trained and he's never used his platform to sleep with women. Now he says this, but it seems to run adverse to the fact that he was already exposed by a stripper who said that the reason that that she started messing with him is because of his, she met him at his speaking, which would tell me that you're using your platform to get some draws. He also was on camera saying that he would only try to not sleep with the students' mothers that he <laughs> wants to come to his school. This is on his IG live, so. I heard it, yep, I've seen I that. Heard I heard that That pattern myself. of behavior doesn't seem to match with somebody who would who is above using their platform to get some pussy. It doesn't sit well, Omar. It uh, does not sit well, Omar. Some may right, some may right. Three times. Three times. <laughs> this nigga also said about Derek Jackson, mm. no alpha male can only have one woman. I heard that part too. I saw that part. Yeah. Now this is despite millions of husbands in the world who are alpha male, <laughs> but are also faithful to their wives or their significant others. You can make of that what you will, people. Uh, but he's, I consider myself an alpha male and I carry myself as such in my day-to-day living. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to say that's false because I find it pretty easy. Maybe you find it hard because you're a sexual predator, Umar, but I find it very easy to do. He says he says that to justify his fantasy dream of what he thinks that once he reached his final form or whatever, that he's going to have like six wives or whatever, because he think he an African king and 
this, that, and the third. But. Oh, he's not going to have six. Right after that statement, he said, because you know I'm an alpha male and I'm going to have two wives. I'm just going to be honest with them. So you know he got to have his two guacamole foot rubbers to be on his side and to, uh, I'm you just, know, iron I, his I was, jeans for him and whatnot. So he said he's going to have two wives, <laughs> but whatever. The new two wives might be three people at one time because you know how the six three degree goes. Hey, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what the number really is? Because his math is definitely off. Like you said, I ain't no telling. He, he will. We shall soon see. Mm-hmm. Now, after that, oh, go ahead. What you say, Faith? Let's continue with the Uber. Yeah, he he's different. So after that, he then goes on to say he's the number one savior of black boys in America. Again, no stats prove this. There's no testimonials to this. This is just what he says. So do with that, which if what you will. Now, this is some key shit when we're talking about the school, because as y'all know, that that's my main focus. Like all of this that he's doing has nothing to do with the school. So he brings it back to the school for a second and he enters the building and he shows the gym. And as he's going into the building, he says, donate to FDMG, donate, get on your cash out, get on your PayPal. We all, we we got five months, so he's put himself on a five month timeline to the end of August, beginning of September, that he's supposed to be opening the school and having a grand opening on Ifatun Day Boulevard or Big Papa Boulevard, whatever he called that street, the 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 street that the school on. I don't Freedom know James what the real name of the school, but you know he called it Ifatun Day, Ifatun Day Drive or Big Papa Boulevard, whatever the fuck he be saying. That weird shit he be talking, <laughs> but yeah, so. He's supposed to be having the grand opening. So we're going to wait five months and see whether we see this school or the lawsuit come to fruition. <laughs> Which one happens first is going to be the, ca- the, the case. Because if that so lawsuit the drive. Hit, Yeah, if that lawsuit hit, I don't care what renovations he did, they're not going to give him no permits to open that building. Some shit going to get held up. Because I know how politics work when that legal shit. And they're not going to just be like, oh, you're in the middle of a scandal. Here, go ahead, open the school in our city. I don't see that happening. Mm-mm. So... When he gets in the, the gym, we got some good news. The gym looks the exact same. Mold monster is still in the corner, still dirty as hell, panels down, <clears throat> roofing falling through, all of that. But the shit lake done dried up, y'all. Lake Shittatanka is gone. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's going to come back and ooze on back up out that pipe, but it's gone for now. So we're going to give him credit that at least the shit lake ain't in that, which is... Who knows what kind of shit has been? I don't know how they got it out of there, but who knows if they actually cleaned up after it dried up? Because I'm sure it's some bacteria just growing. Why are we giving him credit? But why are we giving him credit? If now that serves me correct, didn't it go away before? Yes. Yes. So I'm coming in with the credit because I know that he's going to give himself credit at some point. So I figure I'll just beat him to the punch and just go ahead and pat pat him on the back. Because the dumb shit about to come in a minute. The goofy shit comes back out. Now, he was at least in the school at this point talking about the school. This was for about two minutes. He then gets to arguing with a dude on the IG live because they said, well, when you going to go ahead and fix this? You just said this before. He says, well, what institution have you built? Now, I don't know why he goes to this argument first every time, because everybody that knows of his history at this point is always thinking the same thing when he says that. Nigga, where your institution that you built? We still ain't seen the school over yet. What are you talking about? How you gonna answer a question with the same question and you wrong as the person asking it? Like, and your I, gym, <laughs> and, and the gym got a low tide on the shit, shit right. lake. <laughs> so and not one person on his IG live 
have said that they that that was their aspiration to start a school. That ain't what they trying to do. That's what you trying to do, Uma. So uh, that just tripped me out. So I guess he got mad at that point. He was like, oh, I ain't gonna talk about the school no more. Let me go back outside. Yeah, where's your school? Nigga, where's yours? The same place yours is? Non-existent? <laughs> Shit. I'm probably beside Professor X. <laughs> Shit, Professor Jackass. Um, <laughs> so then I guess he got salted. <clears throat> so then he goes outside, back outside, and he goes to his car. If that's his car, we don't know because it's a, a different car than the several others that we've seen him in. So I'm pretty sure he just gets a rental whenever he gets into town so he can get around. And that's what he drives because I haven't seen a consistent car in any of his videos. It was a white sedan one day. Now it's like a black SUV type truck. I don't know. At least his mama ain't in the front seat. No, his mama ain't. <laughs> but what he pulled out of the truck is some boxing gloves. Now these some boxing gloves, some fan of his, the maid that was some regular boxing glove, but they done painted some black and green on it. So it's red, black, and green. And they painted some yellow letters that say FDMG on one and Big Papa on the other. And he proceeds to put these on and he just shadow boxes with inaccurate form for like maybe 20, 30 seconds. Then he's winded. <sighs> he's talking about who want to go 12 rounds with the prince? Me, if I, I win. That's boy. <laughs> Yes, Pat, this yes. is why you my brother. Because damn it, I immediately was like, I do. I want to go 12, right? I would, yes, me, 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 please. Let me give you that, bet that please. donation money. I, I, would, I would gladly whoop your ass. I would gladly whoop your ass today. Give me the donation for a money. school on Tuesday. I would today. gladly put these paws on you. Please, 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 please. My dropkick's yeah. still mean. <laughs> Then after he does another 10 seconds of air boxing weirdly and grinning at the camera like, what they gonna, what they gonna, what they gonna say to Big Papa? What they gonna do to Big Papa? Not that nigga right off his stomach. I'm sorry, cause I'm seeing this shit as I'm saying it, so. Knee him right in the stomach. He's out there with these boxing gloves. Now, mind you, it's people walking past cause it's a sunny day out in, in Delaware. So it's people walking past. Imagine what you thinking if you walk past an abandoned ass, boarded up school building, you just see some dude out front with a dashiki and some boxing gloves going, oh, what they gonna say to Big Papa? <laughs> oh God, Jesus. <laughs> and then he immediately, he immediately then goes, now get on the cash app, get on your PayPal. <laughs> Who they won't do a big popper? Get on your cash punch, app. Punch right in the donations. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I was weak. Then he sits down on the stoop and he yells out at two dudes and a little girl that walk past. And this fool said, Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, little princess. Uh, what did what he, he call himself? Dr. Uma opening this school for you. I'm working on this school for you. You gonna go here one day. I don't know what the little girl response was, but I can imagine that little girl like, stranger danger, motherfucker ain't over no school for me. Why I gotta go there? No. I, I, and this is what he does out there. He yells at random people walking past. Oh, they gonna get him out. She could have like, motherfucker, I don't know you. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm sure the reaction was not like, oh, thank you, Dr. Umar. Like, no, okay, I know you, man. I give a damn about you. And them people that have seen you out there screaming and hooting and yelling 
for the past two years and they ain't seen not a bit of work done. They know you know that damn school boy. They're walking past to laugh at you, man. Yes. So he so after he yells at the nobody, he ends the live. So at this point, after think after watching his IG live, I came up with this tears take for the week. Tears take. Based on Umar's actions and the Derek Jackson issue, it is time we stop looking outside or looking at people who are not licensed professionals for help or real guidance. It's okay to like the rhetoric that they put out. It's okay to enjoy somebody's speeches. It's okay to watch the content of somebody if you enjoy their entertainment or the, the value that their videos bring. But stop subscribing to these ideologies without any facts that you yourself have researched. Stop giving these people who talk credence to guide your personal actions and how you think. If you need mental health, go to a real licensed professional who won't interject themselves into your personal life. Because real people who do life coaching and mental health for a living, they don't become your friend. They don't endear themselves to you and try to holler. They are strictly there to help you with your problem and move on because they have other clients. Like, that's their profession. It's not their hookup spot. Mm -hmm. If you find a mentor, vet them first. Hell, even better, find somebody that you actually know and trust that is successful in the area that you need mentorship in and roll with them. That way you know that that person got your best interest at heart and they're not trying to get at you, get over on you or take advantage of you. Putting faith into... What you say? That sounds good to me. Yeah. Putting faith in the people without them justifying it with tangible works and evidence is leading to women getting taken advantage of, black people mm-hmm. getting scammed, mm-hmm. and people just plain getting disappointed when the lie bubble bursts. When you don't put your faith into this person and now the image is shattered. Stop putting that much faith into these people without them giving you evidence or reason why you should. If they haven't put any action behind the talk, then they're not real leaders because every real leader we've had in the history of our country, in the history of Black America, in the history of the world, they've had plans and action. Not talk, not rhetoric. It was always plans and action. Even if they gave rhetoric, there was a plan with that rhetoric that led to action. When it's just rhetoric and it's just that, treat them the same way you would treat any other podcaster, content creator, YouTuber, TikToker, mm-hmm. Instagram personality, treat them the same way. They're entertainment. They can be fun, but they should not rule your life. And that's this week's Tiz Take. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And add Dr. Hey, Phil to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very ignorant. What'd you say? I've been a very ignorant asshole this week. Yeah, he... From from disrespecting Breonna Taylor Riley last week to now he's out here hooting in Hollywood with boxing gloves and comparing and talking about he's the savior to all black boys. Ah. I've never seen a guy like him. And I think that's why I'm so intrigued because at this point, I'm not even mad about my 50 no more. At this point, I'm just looking at it like, I've never seen any, like even the Yahweh Ben Yahweh folks and the Dr. Malachi York folks and all these other mm-hmm. little cult leaders. Even they weren't like him. Umar is a special type of nutty. Like he's, it, it's a whole different me- mechanism running in his in his little peanut brain. Like it's some shit there that I've never seen. It's like, how you come up with that? He did what? 
Oh yeah, you need that's to use my. You need to use that donation money to give himself an edge up because he's been looking rough in the like past couple. Like I've been looking. Like, he usually had his stuff edged up, and now it's like oh, a zigzag. Oh no, his hairline is like that even after the edge up. That's his hairline. That oh, doesn't change. I know it's I'm just, mad. That's just what that is at this point. It's, it's, it's. He has a two tone hairline like a two tones buildings that he has. That's pretty much, you know, he, he matches his he matches his building very well. They go together. Mm. He's bombed out and depleted. So is the building. It's <laughs> match made in heaven, folks. Bombed out and depleted. Yes. Same thing in average. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that's my, my weekly update and my tears take for the week. Um, and I guess that doesn't lead me into this, but what I wanted to finish with tonight is asking y'all or getting y'all the takes on this. Um, Lil Mama of uh, Lip Gloss Be Poppin' fame, um, she's, she was in the news this week because she is now starting, her, she says she's going to start a heterosexual rights movement. Um, I'm going to read what she actually said in the article or whatever. Um, so she said... And this is to the LBGTQIAB. I don't know all the, the letters, but all of them letters. Mm-hmm. She was talking to their community and she said, y'all fight so hard to be respected. And some of you, not all, get a kick out of bullying people for having an option. How they dress, how their hair and makeup looks, how much money they have, etc." She wrote in an Instagram story. There are so many people afraid to give their honest opinion because if they do, the LBGTQ plus will hear what they want and hear and take comments out of context. I don't have to prove myself by reminding people that I have loved ones of the LGBTQ plus community. When I speak out, I'm not trying to hurt anyone. I'm just speaking my truth just like you all. Then she said, uh, uh, she got, she said that she has some thoughts on transgender children and she suggested that trans being transgender was depopulation at all costs. She shared a tweet that read, so children are too young to smoke cigarettes, too young to drink alcohol, too young to get a driver's license, too young to go to a club, too young to gamble, too young to rent a car, but old enough to cut off their genitals and or change their gender. This is insanity, America. And this post came after Michelle Obama had an interview with Zaya Wade, who's Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union's uh, 13-year-old trans daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, as the people started criticizing her, um, uh, people pointed back to a 2009 clip and said that she has a history of being transphobic because when she was on America's Best Dance Crew back in 2009, she was criticizing a transgender dancer and choreographer named Leomi Maldonado, Maldonado. And she told him, Leomi, come on, your behavior is unacceptable. I just feel like you always have to remember your truth. You were born a man and you're becoming a woman. If you're gonna become a woman, act like a lady. You know what I'm saying? So with this heterosexual rights movement that she's starting with the LGBTQI community as they are. Um, first of all, do y'all think that she has any validity to her starting a heterosexual rights movement? Like, do y'all think that that's something that is needed or that has some grounds to stand on? Let me, let me, let me take this first time. <laughs> now, I think it's laughable. 
Okay. Little mama. Because the name's not even little mama. Little mama wants to start a movement. I mean, I can't respect any movement that you want to start. Now, a heterosexual movement, What? what's the movement? Uh, we, we, I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess she's supposed to be protecting and standing up for people who are getting bullied by some people in the LGBTQ plus community. This is my thing. I, I don't know no adults getting bullied. I, I, I don't. Bullying is a thing of of childhood, of child age. It's something like um, if you're an adult and you feel like you're getting bullied, you need to step your shit up and do something about that situation because i always remember as long as you allow someone to do something to you they can continue to do something to you um it was about voicing your opinion um just like i said earlier opinions are just like assholes everybody has one most of them stay so i mean too many people have gotten comfortable with it's offering their opinion about what their personal likes are and dislikes and that's when it comes to i think it becomes offensive on one or the other end, where people have to now not just say whatever they want to say, and that that so-called freedom is being taken from them because they feel like, well, I got the freedom of speech, but you must remember, at the end of the day, your freedom starts and stops when another person starts and stops. Yeah. So if your freedom is infringing on someone else's freedom, you don't have that freedom anymore. That's the key thing, and people seem to forget that. Um, as far as that community, I don't know the that, that community, um, as far as them being bullies, I see them as being, I wouldn't say as far as being bullies, but steadfast and hard firm on what they want and they don't have any really, because it's a, it's a large united community and like they may not intertwinely interconnect with each other but on a stand on a big stance like that on their rights they all join together so in a big collective community that unity right there makes them a stronger force so to the heterosexual community it may feel like we're being bullied but we're not being bullied it's just a strong force that normally you don't see in america you don't see that strong of a force from a bunch of different sectors collectively becoming one because in a black movement, it's just black people. It's not a strong collective or different. It's not the, the Jamaicans and the other islanders and the African-Americans here and the Africans all collectively saying at the same time, we want black rights. We want this change. Mm-hmm. If it was, yeah. they'd be something different. But in America, that whole once again, I don't know the letters. That whole community being so diverse and so together on their stance of rights, it, it seems like they, it may seem like they're bullying, but me, I just see them as one what they want me backing down from it. So it ain't no bullying. So her heterosexual movement, I mean, you just got to get used to not just being able to say whatever you want to say out your mouth. That's yeah. It. To, to each his own. I mean, if you don't agree with something, don't do it. If you don't That's want to true. see something, don't pay attention to it. I mean, I used to be a teacher too. Uh, and, and I had students that was some or whatever in that community because I don't know how to And it is what it is. I mean, to each his own. 
I have no yeah. judgment on nobody because I'm too worried about what I'm going what I'm gonna about by myself because I feel personally those who have so many opinions about what's going on outside, they're not too concerned about themselves and they got more stuff they need to be worried about internally that they neglect. So you go outside to look at error and flaw and somebody else so you can talk about that instead of dealing with necessarily need to be dealing with inside. Um, right. So little mama, uh me personally. I think it's looking in that mirror first before you try to start a movement on some heterosexual rights that you already have, um, regardless of who you who you may be related to in the community. You still have to realize, like, you'll never see something from somebody else's eyes. You'll never walk in somebody else's shoes. So regardless of who you may be related to, your views may not totally entangle with that <laughs> just because y'all are related to stuff. That's real. What say you, uh, Pat? I say little mama cannot do anything until she make things right with JC. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I think that's, that's all she can do that, man. And then uh, uh, on a serious note, though, like we already have rights. Heterosexual have rights. We have no choice but to have rights because this right helps the human race exist. So it's not like, yeah, like you can't really. It's kind of like how I feel when white people call black people racist. We can't be racist. We can be prejudiced or whatever. And that prejudice is rooted on actual experiences that we have, but we can't be racist because we don't have a system. Like gay people don't have a system that delegates what kind of sex you have. Like they don't, they don't have that. We don't, they don't control that or whatever. Some people may have some Hollywood like conspiracies. Hey, I'm not in Hollywood, so I don't know nothing about that. But and that's a whole different story or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think those extremist people that do things like that in Hollywood is a separate factor than the LGBT community or whatever. But yeah, I think. You know how this is a good case of what I say celebrities be t- testing a celebrity and they need to get out of Twitter and shut the hell up. And until she make things right with Jay-Z, there's no reason to listen to little mom. There's just no reason or whatever. And I, I think black people should really learn something with the LGBTQ uh, community on how they stick together one another because within the community they have disagreements within each other like some Mm -hmm. some factors of that community don't agree with other factors of the community i've seen straight lesbians like disagree with bisexuals because they feel like they're messy or whatever Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to like someone being hurt or someone going through something they stand up for them and i feel like black people should learn that more like we shouldn't have to be separated yeah. with colorism light skin and dark skin uh christian and muslim or whatever i think we should put that off to the side and just when something happens we band together and i think we've been gradually doing that in, in general but all in all um yeah little mama need to shut up and just yeah <laughs> I, I definitely think the the vessel is probably not the best. I don't think Lil Mama is the person to champion any type of movement as far as, especially not for the heterosexuals. Like, I think if she, if her 
If her motives were more pure and there was really an issue or somewhere heterosexuals were getting their rights and friends upon, then I could see it. But like, if you're basing it on people being bullied because of how they look and dress, I don't think that that's an LBGTQ, LGBTQ plus thing. I think that's more of just there's assholes in every community. Like, mm-hmm. you got gay people that will sexually harass a straight person, just like you got straight people that will sexually harass a, a, a straight person. You got people in the gay community that will gang up on somebody that's cisgendered or whatever, the same way you got cisgender people that would gang up on somebody. Like, I think it's just assholes. So you can't paint the whole group. everywhere. Right, you, you, like, yeah, like you can't paint the whole group as like, they all do this. It's just, no, they got assholes that do it. And those assholes are just like the other assholes that tend to pop up online and in online communities a lot more because they get a blind <laughs> platform where you can't see them, but they can say whatever they want. Um, I, have, I have a perspective. I think that she might be coming from um, just speculation or whatever. La Mama, even though her career ain't really popping right now, but she was in the entertainment industry. And then you're in the entertainment industry. You're a woman. You have stylists. You have, you know, fashionistas around you telling you you should do this and this and this and I think that she might have came across somebody that might have been in the LGBT community that might have like joked on how she dressed or something like that a few couple of times it's it's like I I get that from her when I hear it straight people joke on how she dressed Exactly. I, I joke I on how the fuck she dressed <laughs> or whatever like Shit. I, have you seen um, how she dressed yeah, yeah, I seen that. She I, should joke on how she dressed. Like I said, until she oh, makes God. it right with Jay Z, she can't say nothing or whatever. But I feel like that's that's where she coming from. I even you know her women or whatever they feel some type of way when someone um, that is maybe a gay male in the fashion industry is trying to tell them how to be a woman or whatever. Like they yeah. feel some type of way, and I kind of feel like that might be the vibe she's coming from. But at the same time, like you said, everybody jokes, everybody, everybody has an opinion, like Faith says, and everybody has an asshole, like Faith says, and And shit usually come out of it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my biggest fear from this or like the thing that stood out to me is like every other week, it felt like somebody popping up with a new movement or we got this, we're fighting like. Does everybody need to have a damn movement? Like, are we, are we in that space now where everybody got to pick a side or a group that they moving with and that's who we, like, I don't think everybody, I don't think everything needs to have a movement behind it. Like some shit, you just need to deal with that shit on your own personal time. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to get people to save you. We're in the time and era of, you remember when we were going at the time and era of you wanted to belong to something that was like a gang or a basketball team or something like that. Nowadays, with this, with the generation now, it's still belonging to stand for something and fight for something. So that's a new thing. Everyone wants to have a cause. So every little thing that they feel, because they want to champion and make their call. So I mean, I understand it, but everything doesn't need to be a movement. No, it, it doesn't. I mean, join the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. You want to follow a group? Shit. Everything is not a fight for injustice. Everything is not an injustice. Some shit is just. Common sense, or okay, just some shit that you went through that's <laughs> unique to you. That ain't everybody experience. That's just, that's just not everybody thing, you know. So I mean, Facts. I understand 
you want to be passionate about something and you feel passionate about this, but okay. You need to be passionate about wearing them ugly ass outfits. They got the fashionistas joking on her ass. You know, you know what? Passionate about making a song after lip gloss because her ass ain't been popping in a long time. She need to get focus on, you know, making a movement in her career because that shit been stale and stagnant for a long time. She should have went to Rihanna out and got some lip gloss actually popping in the business or whatever. Her own personal little mama lip gloss or whatever. Just like Stacey Dash and Dorsch Dash from last good oh. in the fuckery or whatever. But um, I feel like a lot we of can times- send, We can send her with Stacey Dash if Stacey Dash <laughs> can do that racial draft. She can go right along with her. They can, her, Iggy, Zelia, all, Zelia mm. Banks, what her name? Zelia Banks, all of them. Yeah. Crazy. It was, they can go right on over there together. I, f- I feel like a lot of times it goes along with celebrity testing a celebrity. A lot of times these people just be creating movement so they can create a fan base. Facts. Pretty much. Like facts. you, you seen it with Omar. The movement. Oh, look yeah. at me. Look at me. I'm a part of this movement. Hey, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Omar. Omar. Derrick Jackson. Little mama trying to pull off her Derrick Jackson and Omar just like everybody else. And you know who I blame? Who's at the core of all this? We're going to make make a movement so we can get a fan base. You know who I totally blame on this? Who that? Jim Jones and Dipset. Because he kept saying, we moving the movement. That's moving the movement. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I blame. <laughs> I love over this hell. I love old Dipset. I love it. Oh, I love it. A, but yeah, that a, was a that was a good time back in the day. Yep. Yep. And oh. the I nine five driving with them two pies moving. Yep. Yep. Good old Dipset. Yeah, I blame them. Dipset. 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 Oh man, good times. But yeah, man, that's a little mama. That's that's pretty much a little mama. Um. Gotta quit stop making everything a movement, man. We gotta stop making everything a fucking movement. Some yeah, shit just, is just you need to get on your personal struggle and actually be an adult. And just just go use the bathroom or something and come back. Smoke a blunt. Get over yourself. That's all. Be one bigger movement just because they want to use the bathroom a certain yeah. way. Or you something. you want a bigger movement? Go eat some fiber. Before you make a movement, please take a step back from the issue, so you're not so close to it. Take a wide view of the entire issue so you can see it for a full grasp to see if it deserves a movement or see if it's just a single solitary incident. Big fact. Single solitary incident can be handled on the spot. Exactly. Consistent, systematic things Hmm. need a movement. Yeah, hell yeah. Shit that's actually injustice. Not individual instances. Start a movement on what a movement needs to become on. So That's real. Movement have been needed for decades, not weeks. Yeah. That's big facts. That's big like facts. A lot of these movements are nothing but distractions from the real, from real actual problems. And they just need to stop anyway, dog. Like, like there's exactly. people dying. And anybody yeah. talking about it. Yeah. There's people what? dying in the streets. <laughs> what you <man>. said? <laughs> <laughs> what he said? What the hell, face? Say it again, face. Snuck that shit in there real quick. What the hell you say? <laughs> say it again. The aliens is coming. Ain't nobody talking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get this human movement before we get taken out by a ray beam. By Thanos. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, yeah. Stop making movements because you're the only one in the world that want a shit standing up, okay? Stop making movements because you're the only one that want to make sex videos and, and onesies or whatever. Everybody want to make... <laughs> like, and don't make stop. a movement by your damn self. Exactly. Otherwise, you may be the only one moving like that. You're the only then one what's going to happen up. is we're going to treat your ass just like Thanos, little mama. We're going to snap your ass the fuck away. And you're going to be up. You should have aimed for a real movement. You're going to be on the next good and fuckery. <laughs> as the fuckery. Your shit, Hell yeah. Well, guys, uh, that's pretty much our show for the week. Uh, we don't have a Black Business of the Week this week to endorse. So coming up, if y'all have Black Business out there and you watch or listen to our show, go ahead and send us in your Black <clears throat> Business. We love to promote and just keep that Black dollar circulating. But since we don't have an outside Black Business of the Week, go ahead and support the partners. We got several ways you can do so. You can hit us up on buymeacoffee.com or patreon.com, whichever your platform of choice is. And by doing so, you not only get to support us financially, but you also get the video unedited version of this where you get to see and hear all of our behind the scenes conversations and the shit that we do in between edits and the stuff that gets cut out of the actual show that's produced uh, to the mainstream public every week. Um, you can also support us by sitting in, get on your cash out, get on your cash out. Dollar sign partner tears one. That's dollar sign partner tears one. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know how to do the soliciting for donations like that. So get on your cash out. Donations, donations. Um, and yes. then you know what I mean. If you don't, if you ain't got the bread to spend <laughs> on that, hey man, you want something tangible to hold in your hand or put on your back or wear on your face? Go ahead, face. Tell them what they need to do. You can always go to teespring.com backslash stores backslash partners dash closet dash one. That's P O D N A S dash closet. I know you know how to spell closet. That's the number one. That's right. That's if right. You want the uh, promo, code, promo codes will be coming up on the, our next live. We will have oh, two new some promo discounts. Codes get some discounts. Our next live. So tune in and you get them. Whoa. Um, and yeah, and if you are just a person that, hey, I ain't got no bread or I don't want to spend my money, I can totally respect that as well. Well, support us by liking, sharing, commenting, subscribing, um, become a member of the pod squad, jump down in the comments with us every week, join us on our live shows, join us in the comments of our video segments and podcasts so that you can join the conversation and become a member of the pod squad. And that's free. All that takes is a button click on your phone, tablet, or computer. So, you know, support it any way you can because we are a black business and we just trying to, you know, continue to improve, give y'all more of what you want and just continue bringing up topics that get the conversations going in our community because dialogue is the way to really change and stuff. It starts with the conversation and we willing to have it. So if you agree, comment. If you disagree, comment. We always down to uh, holler back at you and we do respond to our people. And like a lot of people that you might be commenting all day and only other commenters see it. We actually read our comments, look at them, interact with them, and we actually have that conversation with you. So join the pod squad today. Um, support your boys in any way you can. And if you're looking for us, where can they find us, Pat? Uh, you can catch us on our IG and our Twitter, which is the same thing, at the partners, at T-H-E-P-O-D-N-A-S. And then you can catch us on our Facebook, it's Tiz Face Pat are the partners. 
Um, we uh, put our live up there and on YouTube all the time. Also, if you have any crazy videos or things that y'all think we should talk about on our live, feel free to comment and, and message us with all that. Also, um, uh, next thing coming up, I'm still working on my House of X, Power, Powers of X uh, video coming up. If you enjoy my um, my point of view with the Snyderverse and Justice League, you should in, uh, enjoy the next couple of videos I'm working on or whatever. I'm going to work on House of X, Powers of X, and um, it's a couple of Black comic books that I want to put a highlight on you know, coming soon. So, nice. yep, that's what I got. Love it, love it, love it. And shout out to our, our monthly member, Gator Girl 04, for continuing to support. Yeah. Hey, Gator Girl. Hey, Gator Girl. If you got a topic that you want to see, you guaranteed to get your topic talked about. So Immediately. You know that, that's one of the membership perks if you should become a member on Patreon or buy me a coffee. You get to actually give us suggestions and tell us what you want to have us talk about. Hell. We may even bring you up on the panel of our live show one week and have you actually join us live where you can join in the hilarity and the silly shit and be with the goofy shit with the rest of us. Um, so yeah, man, support any way you can. Um, we are the black business of the week. So, you know, support three black men just trying to, you know, continue their craft and to get better at this and just, yeah, join the pod squad, man. Um, as always, I'm one third of the partners, your boy Tiz, and I'm along with, the other third of the partner does they have a six three degree the padawan and <laughs> you know it's facing the place that's right and we trying to stay ahead of this race it's three of us but all seven of us be you know but yeah um, let me get the hell out of here uh, <laughs> they talk about the voices in my head y'all yeah. uh, <laughs> love y'all thank y'all for joining us uh Continue the conversation in the comments below on whatever platform you listen to us on. Buy me a coffee on Patreon. Y'all about to get this unedited video tonight. And uh, you know, tomorrow night at midnight on Wednesday at midnight, this will be dropping for everybody. So stay tuned. We love y'all. Peace. Keep us up.